Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, waiting for the promise of the Spirit of the Lord. One hundred and twenty gathered in one place, driven to pray for the Spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. This is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days I pour out my spirit, saying, Good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. Again, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. If you want to get involved with the program tonight, if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to give us a call at 701-225-5133. That's our studio number. 701-225-5133 is our studio number if you want to call us. Any questions or comments you may have. If you would like to text us tonight, the number for that is 701-290-7862. That's Pastor uh, Simon's cell phone number, 701-290-7862. And if you're out of country and you're listening and you'd, uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, email us, uh, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. We can get those emails and get you a response on air or maybe email you right back. But robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Hey, everybody. Good to have you listening tonight. Good to be back. We had Dr. Matt Ramsey doing the broadcast last Sunday night, which was very good. It was a topic that I had asked him to talk about, and I'm, I'm just, he did a great job. Good to have all of you that are texting so far tonight. We've got Thor listening tonight. We have, uh, we have Lori listening tonight. We've got the Schulers and Grafton listening tonight with a, with an evangelist with them. And, uh, Brother Carl and his wife are listening tonight. 
Oh man, the texts are just coming in. You know, I forgot my reading glasses tonight, but uh, the uh, we've got uh, the, we've got the uh, Bethany Hussey listening tonight. Just uh, thank you for all these texts. It's always encouraging for me to hear who's listening. I brought a new guitar into the studio, so I'm going to do a test drive on it. New guitars, and here's a song that uh, I've been singing for years. I, didn't, of course, didn't write this song, but but uh, one of the favorite songs up at the jail, and I think you'll see why after you you hear it if you haven't heard it already. Well, it was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer felt it was hardly worth his while to waste much time on that old violin, but he held it up with a smile. He said, it sure ain't much, but it's all we got left. Guess we ought to sell it, too. Now who'll start the bid on this old violin? Just one more and we'll be through. He cried out, one, give me one dollar. Who'll make it two? Two dollars. Who'll make it three? Three dollars twice. Hey, that's a good price. But who's got a bid for me? Raise up your hands and don't wait any longer. The auction's about to end. Who's got four, just one dollar more, to bid on this old violin? Well, the air was hot and the people stood around as the sun was setting low. From the back of the crowd, a gray-haired man came forward, picked up the bow. He wiped the dust from that old violin and tightened up those strings. And he played out a melody pure and sweet, sweet as the angel sings. And then the music stopped, and the auctioneer... In a voice that was quiet and low, he said, What is my bid for this old violin? And he held it up with a bow. He cried out, One, give me one thousand. Who'll make it two? Two thousand. Who'll make it three? Three thousand twice. That's a good price. But who's got a bid for me? People cried out, what made the change? We don't understand. Then the auctioneer stopped, and he said with a smile, it was the touch of the master's hand. And now you know many a man with his life out of tune, is battered and scarred with sin. And he's auctioned cheap to a thankless world, much like the old violin but then the master comes and that old foolish crowd they never understand the worth of a soul and that change that is wrought touch of the master's hand cried out one give me one thousand who make it two two thousand who make it three three thousand twice that's a good price but who's got a bid for me? The people cried out, what made the change? We don't understand. Then the auctioneer stopped, and he said with a smile, Was the touch of the master's hand? Was the touch of the master's hand? Was the touch the master's hand? You're tuned into the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. I'm going to come in with my topic right after this song.
Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Call him up and tell him what you want. show good to have you back with us today having a little microphone problems all kinds of problems today i didn't bring any reading glasses that tells you how old i am you know what it's exciting day in church here in dickinson north dakota we had a set a new attendance record and that was neat we had a lot of people church was packed out want to say hello to all those that are listening tonight you and dickinson um the uh good to have uh Stormy listening out in the Philippines tonight. Good to have the Hostetlers, the Yoders in Pennsylvania. That's a new church plant. And um, turn that up just a little bit more. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the um, they're, um, they, I texted him, said we had a set of record attendance. He said we had 18. That sounds good for a brand new church, doesn't it? 18. And I thought that sounded good. Uh, the Woodses are listening in Beulah. We've got, um, so just all, I, I, I'm going to forget people here. But I want to get right into my topic, and um, and as we're doing that topic, make sure to to um, let me know, text me, and let me know you're listening. Seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two, Acts chapter twenty verses twenty two through twenty four. Paul said, "Now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me." But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul's life was defined by the ministry, by the gospel. These are the things that defined his life. Even his own life wasn't what he was caring about. 
Uh, tonight, I'm going to. The title of this radio broadcast is going to be "What Defines Your Life." A while back, um, I don't know if I just read about it or if I heard it on the radio. I really don't know. I don't have a television, and I don't watch uh, television or Hollywood movies on my phone or anything else either. But I heard about a uh, commercial. It was it was an Aleve commercial. Aleve is a painkiller, and a man said. Um, this man, his name was Mark Hanby. He was doing this Aleve commercial, and he said this. He said, because of Aleve, I can play three hours of softball a day and would not be able to if it were not for Aleve. My name is Mark Hanby, and I will always play softball. Well, when I heard that commercial or heard about that commercial, I started to cry. My name is Mark Hanby, and I will always play Softball. For some reason, and maybe, maybe, um, maybe I'm reading too much into that. But for some reason, it just seemed like he was selling himself too cheap. Like, is softball what defines your life? Uh, it seemed empty to me. It seemed s- small. It seemed like there's got to be a nobler cause to live for and to exist for than my name is Mark Hanby, and I will always play soft- softball. Um, and so it seems to me, and what I want to do this broadcast tonight, and here, here again, text me and let me know, kind of give me some help here if you've got some ideas and scriptures, but it seems to me that there are a lot of people that don't have much that defines their life. You know, my name is Mark Hanby, I love football. My name is Mark Hanby, I love my Cocker Spaniel. You know, I mean, he didn't say that, but my name is Mark Hanby and I love my motorcycle. I, my name is Mark Hanby. I love to dance. You know, these are all things that just seem like there should be more to define our life than that. I mean, is your life defined by your hunting, your fishing, your camping? Like I say, uh, your favorite sport or your favorite sport team. Is, is your life defined by gardening? What defines your life? And let me ask you this. What would you wish to define your life? Um, is your life all about you? Have you turned inward? Is it all about you and is, is it all about your, um, your own cares and concerns? Many people, their life is all about their own health. You listen to people talk sometimes. All they talk about is their aches, pains, doctoring, medications. That's what they talk about. The, um, you know, they, the, um, uh, there's got to be more to life than just your next medical appointment. The, um, and I think sometimes we can get more concerned over our, our own health and we begin to lose focus on the bigger picture. These are all just things that I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about what, when it's all said and done, what defines your life. I heard about Years ago, somebody that died and was buried in a Green Bay Packer, Green Bay Packers uniform, and that also made me cry, because I thought, and here again, maybe I'm reading just way too much into it, but I thought, is that all there is? Is that all there is that defines your life? Because it seems like there should be so much more than that. It seems like people are selling themselves really cheap. It seems like people are lowering their um, their their standards and um, and and to the point where they they don't have any nobler cause to live for than maybe some um, than some video game or or some favorite program or or people people have, if you listen to people that watch television they talk about these television programs like these are real events and so and so tonight this whole radio broadcast is being dedicated to what defines your life. And let me ask you this, if you're a young person, what will define your life? You know, your life is made up of time. It's made up of your habits. It's made up of your actions. And when it's all said and done, what is it going to be? You know, um, I, I think um, we are living in a uh, entertainment crazy world and we're living in a um, materialistic world, and they're not exactly the same thing. But we have people whose lives are defined by their money and their possessions, uh, which, 
Which I'm thinking, is that all there is? I mean, like, you owned a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. Is that all there is? I mean, you owned a lot of land. You owned, you owned a, a big fancy house. You had a giant bank account. You had, you owned a giant business. Maybe you owned a restaurant. Is that what defines your life? I, I'm trying to just kind of build a base here tonight to talk about what really ought to define our our lives. You know, um, there there is um, there are so many scriptures that have to do with covetousness, and and there's so much more to life than just owning and having. Sometimes when people get really sick, they find out. My my grandpa, who was always good to me, my grandpa Simons on his deathbed, told my dad, just before he died, he said, if I had a million dollars right now, it wouldn't do me much good, would it? And my dad said, no, it really wouldn't. You know, that was, you know nobody on their deathbed is thinking about, I wished I would have built that bigger house. I wished I would have owned that car. I wished I would have had more money in the bank. Nobody, unless it's maybe to take care of their family or something, possibly. People are thinking that way. And so, and so tonight, um, we're gonna, I'm gonna have Seth play a song here. I did bring him my guitar in the studio. You know what? I have a request to play a song, and maybe I'll do that. This is, this is going out to, uh, this is gonna go out to Carl and Jeannie out in, uh, Michigan listening. And Carl, he won't mind me saying this, but Carl used to be in my jail ministry in, uh, in, in here in Dickinson. And this is a song we play a lot at the jail. And, um, and so he requested this song, Awesome God. And so we'll play it the way we play at the jail. And um, Carl, I'm so glad you're living for God. And sounds like you married a beautiful lady and, and that's living for God. And nothing makes me happier than that. When he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the ritz. Our God is an awesome God. Thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. Wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. Turn is very soon. Better be believing that our God, he's an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. When the sky was starless in the void of the night, our God is an awesome God. Into the darkness and created the light, our God is an awesome God. Judgment and wrath He poured on Sodom, but mercy and grace He gave us at the cross. Hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Our God, well He's an awesome God, He reigns. Heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God, He's an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. That song was going out to Jeannie and Carl out in Michigan. Good to have you with us. Speaking of Michigan, we have the Deeds is listening tonight from Michigan. Pastor Deeds, his wife, uh, good to have them with us tonight listening. And uh, if you want to get a hold or if you want to be part of this program tonight, one of the best ways is to text me, uh, 701-290-7862, or you can email me like Billy's doing from the Philippines. That's um, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. The, um, got a good report from the women's prison tonight and just got that as, as my text. The Lees are listening tonight. Good to have them listening. We're talking about what defines your life tonight. What what defines us? Is it just money? Is it just well-being? Is it comfort? You know, is it our couch of ease? Is it? I think a lot of people's lives are defined by their by their uh, entertainment, um, their their hobbies. Uh, I know that when I say this, I think it makes people upset, and I'm not. I'm not against dog ownership or anything, but I think some people's lives are defined by their pets. They really are. They're defined by their pets. Seth, you just got a dog, didn't you? You just got a dog. 
and um, and he, he's just going to enter into the into the arena of when he goes somewhere. What am I going to do with this dog? But but the um, but no, I, I I think they're good for kids. I, I, there's nothing wrong with having a pet, but but I know people whose life is defined by by that. The um, there there is a um, um, you know a lot of times that. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I, I'm doing. I'm skirting the issue of what should define our life tonight. I, I'm, I'm just kind of um, trying to keep it, um, trying to just kind of keep you guessing. Of course, some of you already will guess, but I do think that a lot of people live their life for some kind of defining moment, like, like um, you know, the burning building, Johnny. You're going to rescue this person out of the burning building. Turn me up just a little more, please. Thank you. And um, and the. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people think that's the way it's going to be, but actually, the normal things, the the mundane things, the average things, the these are the things that define your life. You know, there are there are. If I wanted to move into more noble nobler things, you know, I could move into this Captain Sullenberger um, who was given credit for bringing a plane down on the Hudson River. You guys remember that story? Um, now, there's something noteworthy that can define a person's life, um, um, and that's certainly more than some kind of sports hero. I mean, like, you know, somebody that can just throw a football well or something. That shouldn't really be something that we should model our lives after. But Or sometimes when I think about those firemen on that, that uh, when the Twin Towers were coming down and the lives they saved, the one fireman who covered his a lady his, with his own body, when a fireball came out of the building, he saved her, and then he returned into the building looking for more people, and nobody ever saw him again. I mean, that's that's just that's a neat thing, you know. That's that's, I, I mean, I give honor to that. I I, I think we should, uh, but you know, and and I think some people are hoping that something, some great thing, will happen like that that can make them the hero that defines their life and so on. But there's something simpler. There's something more. Looking in, in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 16, Ruth told her mother-in-law, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Ruth's mother-in-law's life was an example to Ruth, and Ruth wanted to model her life after this. You know, there is a, I believe that, that what should divine our life is our devotion to God and our love for other people. That's what should define our life. Those two things. I know that I'm accurate in this because when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was in Mark chapter 12, he said this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is like unto it, namely, love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus said the greatest two commandments of God were to love God and to love people. And really, this is what ought to define our life. If anything that you're doing doesn't fit into those, into that criteria, is there a purpose for it in your life? Like, how does a video game fit into this? Like, how does playing solitaire on your computer fit into this? Like, it, how does it fit into loving God and loving others? Now, there are things, uh, you know, like, like um, I, uh, I, I'm not against hobbies. I, I'm not. But, but even then, like, like, you know, I found out, and, and so many people have told me over the years, like one of my sons is a kind of an expert skier, downhill skier, Ben, my son Ben, and he's always enjoyed that. But he told me he's never had as much fun skiing as taking his own children skiing. And even though he has to slow way down and he doesn't get to do all the dangerous, speedy things that he likes to do, you see, because there's something about whatever you do, to do it either to love God or to love others. This ought to be our purpose. You, many of you that are listening tonight, are selling yourselves way too cheap. Our life is like a checkbook, and these checks are being written out every day. 
And one of these days, our bank account will be gone and we'll be dead. What we spend our time doing defines our life. You know, um, Esther 4.16, we read, um, she, she told, she said, Oh, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Esther was, there was something that defined her life. She was going to try to save her people. And this is the reason the story of Esther is in the Bible. Because her life was defined by something greater, something nobler. This, um, you know, uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. You know, this, this, uh, I know who I'm speaking to tonight, and I realize that there are the, our local audience here in Dickinson, maybe some fine Catholic Lutheran people listening tonight. Uh, we also have on the Holy Ghost Radio Pentecostal people listening tonight, our website, uh, people listening tonight. But I'm telling you, this applies in every single area of our life. You know, there is, there is more. You can be a Pentecostal person and get wrapped up in materialism. You can take a second job. My pastor used to say that you, uh, you buy a riding lawnmower to save yourself time and then you have to get a second job to make the payments on the riding lawnmower. You know, like, like there, you know, it really, we really do need to simplify in some ways. Uh, there is, my my cross to carry in this life is not necessarily being tempted with lust and, and a lot of the evil things, but my cross to carry is in my life there is so much opportunity every day to get sidetracked from the main things of loving God and loving others. I mean, like, and I'm not talking about playing computer games. I'm talking about work and 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 business and and uh, and just all that goes along with living in this american society you know the more things you own the more things you worry about you know you you buy a camper so you can get away and relax and you find yourself on the weekends working on your camper like i mean you know think about this think you know the the people that um you know that uh, you know there there needs to be a focus, and I'm, maybe I'm preaching to myself for this, this segment of the program, but but I need to to disentangle myself from some of the unnecessary things of this life, and there are plenty of them. You know, um, th- there is there. You know what? When it's all said and done, I want God and I want others to say what defined Pastor Bob's life is that he loved God and he loved people, and that defined his life. And if that doesn't define your life today, it is time to start to refocus tonight. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We've got about halfway through our program tonight. Simple topic. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
morning, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. Feel free to give us a call if you have any questions or comments during the broadcast tonight, 701-225-5133, or you can text us, 701-290-7862. Thank you, Seth. Good to have the Aprils uh, listening in uh, Minot. So they had an amazing service in their church last night, or today, I should say. The um, Good to have uh, just a lot of different people listening tonight. It's just good to have you guys all listening. As I said, we set a, an attendance record here in Dickinson. We do need a new church building. We're, we're really full, and um, some of that's probably my fault, but I don't know what I'm waiting for. But, but uh, you know, if you've got an idea how to help us, you live in Dickinson, you've got a building for sale maybe, so give me that same number we're giving out all night. That's my personal cell phone number, 701-290-7862. We're talking about selling ourselves too cheap, what defines our life, Stormy text or emailed me from the Philippines said his uncle got buried in his motorcycle in his leathers and um, with his chaps and everything. You know, is that what defines your life? Your motorcycle? You know, lately I've been doing, it seems like my fair share of funerals for people that have either not living for God or have walked away from God. And, um, and I'm just like, everything sounds so cheap to me. You know, I mean, I mean, it just, the only thing that matters. You know, I, I think about that lady in the book of Acts named Dorcas. And when, at, when she was dead, the Bible says that uh, when Peter came up there, that all these people were showing Peter these, these clothes that she had sewn for them. What was her life defined by? A hobby of sewing? No. Her life was defined by love and helping people. You see, this, this, um, what greater thing in life is there to live for than to actually make a difference, you know, in, in the lives of other people? Uh, Brother uh, Gordon's listening tonight. Hello, Brother Gordon. That Mark Hanby that I was talking about earlier is not the same Mark Hanby that used to be the. Pentecostal preacher. I just thought I'd throw that out. I'm glad to have Brother Gordon listening tonight down in Colorado. You know, look, maybe we should ask, what were the things that defined Jesus' life? First John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see, what defined Jesus' life? The Bible said he went about doing good. That's what defined his life. You know, this, this, um, it is so easy. This, what I'm, what I'm, what, the reason I'm doing this radio broadcast, it is so easy in this society to get sidetracked with meaningless things that have nothing to do with the big picture. They have nothing to do with with the, uh, the, the big picture of reaching this world. I propose to you tonight that, that if you keep the focus on the main two things in life, which is loving God and loving others, that you will, even in your times of relaxation, even in your times of maybe a holiday to get away, that you still will be focused on what you're supposed to be doing. My wife and I, last winter, were on a cruise ship, and uh, we, every, or most every evening meal, we got to eat on that cruise ship with a Muslim couple from Toronto. And, uh, and we made a contact with them. We, we actually stayed in touch for a while with them. Who knows what will happen there when it's all said and done? You might be, you might be traveling, you might be, um, hunting, you might be fishing, you might be doing all kinds of things, but, are you losing your focus? You know, our focus should be on loving God, loving others. That's what it should be on. So, so really loving our families, uh, loving the hopeless, loving to worship God. These are all the things. Loving to pray. 
all the things that build the kingdom of God. You know, I think that that our society has got the concept of hero mixed up. What makes a person a hero? Because they can bounce a basketball. What makes a person a hero that they're a good actor or actress? I mean, why is that? Why does that make anybody a hero? There's a missionary, a famous Pentecostal missionary in Brazil named Benny de Merchant. I think that guy's a hero. He's flown his airplane into the jungles of Brazil for for many, many years now. I think he's really old. Somebody can text me. I think Brother DeMerchant's probably, is he like 80 years old or something? I think he still flies. You know, the, the uh, uh, you know these are the kind of heroes that we should talk about. What Somebody get me 1 Corinthians 10.24. Somebody get me that. Somebody texted me just 1 Corinthians 10.24. The... Um, but but there is a, I've got somebody texting me said she's a really big fan of your announcer she said, so that's that's pretty interesting that's that's Seth's wife uh, first uh, Corinthians ten twenty four I better quit reading these texts and get back to this program thank you for all these texts seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two there is a emptiness there is I know I did a program here a while back talking about all the all the prescription pain use or prescription drug usage in our country I think some of it is because people don't have the proper focus I think because when you focus on materialism when you focus on entertainment when you focus on animalistic ideas of pleasure I think you're going to be disappointed there is no fulfillment in that you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to recommend this book to anybody to read it, but the book Purpose Driven Life, the title of it is really good. <laughs> purpose Driven Life. What is your purpose? To play softball? To be a plumber? To be, to, to be a lawyer? Is that your purpose in life? Is that why you exist? No wonder you're on antidepressants. No wonder everybody's on antidepressants. They have no reason to exist. They have no purpose. You say, well, Pastor Bob, I'm in prison and I can't do anything. Or I'm in a nursing home, I can't. You know what? You can still do things for the kingdom of God if you're locked up or if you're laid up. Because I still believe the greatest thing anybody can do for the kingdom of God is prayer. Maybe prayer would define your life. You know that there is, um, you know, one of the things that that um, you know, I'm, I'm a busy person. I've got there's fa- different facets to my life. I, I, um, I'm a grandfather of 17 chil- grandchildren. I'm a, uh, um, I own a business here in town. I'm a pastor of a good sized church. I, I have a lot of things going on. I really do. But my greatest purpose is to love God, to worship God, and to try to reach as many people for God as I can. That's my purpose. I told the guys that the, my, I, we, I do two county jail services every Sunday afternoon, and I told them, I don't know which one I like doing better, preaching in our church or preaching up here. I really don't know which one I like better. My wife claims I like going to the jail better. She said she can just tell that I do because... You know, I, I just, at all costs, I try not to miss those services. I love preaching at the jail. Why? Because it's my purpose. It's my reason. It, it defines me. You don't know what it does to me. Like there's a young man that told me a while back, he's still not going to our church. But he told me, since I've been, it was in your services at the jail. He said, I haven't taken meth since then. You don't know how that encourages me. You don't know what that does to me. You see, because we have a purpose. What is your purpose? Are you just making money? You know, I, I've i seen people lose out with God over materialism. I know people that don't even come to our church anymore. And like I say, we set a record attendance today. But I know people, and some of the people that I know, don't come because they got so sidetracked with making money that they they're, they've lost out with God. And so, if I'm called upon to do their funeral, what am I going to say? 
They sure made money well. You got that scripture, Joe? What is it? Go ahead and read that. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Yeah, see, this is uh, that, that's Pastor Jeff Sobrick up in Harvey that texted me that. You know, th- this 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 concept of of uh, our reason to exist is to to help others. It's that's our purpose. It's not all about us. You know, I think people are selling themselves way too cheap. You know, when I was a boy. I had two very best friends. One was named Mark and one was named Elroy. And the boy named Mark, he and I, for a while, had a, a lawn mowing business. And it was a pretty good business. I used my dad's mower, my dad's gas, and I got to keep all the money. That's a pretty good business. My dad sharpened the blades. I mean, this is a pretty good business. I was probably about 11, 12, 13 years old. And Mark and I, we would walk down the streets of Bismarck, and we would see lawns that needed mowing, and we'd bang on the door, and we'd say, uh, uh, you know, we'd like to mow your lawn. But we wouldn't tell them a price. We'd just say, you pay us whatever you think it's worth. And so at the this one house, it's right on the corner of 4th Street and Boulevard in, in, uh, in Bismarck, and I we mowed the lawn, and the lady said, so how much do you want? And I said, well, whatever you think. She said, no, I'm not going to do that. Tell me how much you want. And I said, well... I said, $5. Now, this is, you know, 40, 45 years ago. So that's a little more money than today. And she goes, she starts shaking her head. She said, boys, boys, boys. And right then I felt really stupid. I should have said $3, I thought. And this is what she said, boys, 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 you're selling yourselves too cheap. And I think she gave us each $5. You know, and I think a lot of people, I think you're selling yourself too cheap. You're living your life for things that aren't going to last forever. You know, there is a, uh, you know, you know, I, 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 when I was a boy growing up, I, I wasn't living for God. Uh, the music I listened to was terrible. I mean, it was just terrible music. The, the lyrics were terrible. I mean, it was just terrible. The people that wrote the music looked terrible. There was a there was a, a man. His name was Alice Cooper, and I I uh, I was really a fan of Alice Cooper's music. I listened to all of it as a, as a young man, teenager, uh, even as I got a little older. Before I started serving God, I loved Alice Cooper. I loved his music, and I read a book about Alice Cooper during that time because I was such a fan. And in this book, it told a story about how this young man, his name was Vince somebody, he was, I think, a Baptist pastor's son, or a a pastor's son, and he was at a seance where they were conjuring up spirits of the dead. And this Vince was at the seance, and they conjured up a spirit of a witch that lived in the 16th century. And in the seance, she told this young man named Vince, she said, if you will take my spirit and you will take my name, I will make you very rich and famous. And her name was Alice Cooper. Alice, if that story is true, and I don't know if it is or not, but if it's true, you really sold yourself really cheap. Because I took a name on myself through baptism. And that name is the name of Jesus. And now, I have everything. You know, I this this um, you know I, I'm I'm encouraging you, don't sell yourself so cheap tonight. You know this. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I did bring my guitar in the studio. I just I, that just I didn't plan on singing this song, so I, hopefully I can remember it all. But it's gonna go along with what we're talking about here today. This coat I have around me's not the finest, but it keeps me from the wind. I look into my pockets and there's no silver, but I've got some golden friends. I now have a promise that one day Things are gonna change 
When I walk across that river to a home In a land where Jesus reigns The things we hold so precious now Suddenly one day fade away Look into the sky and hear that call On the resurrection day When the ones with the most shall find They, they that have the least When He calls us to be seated at His table For that royal wedding feast an heir to someone who will give me everything I am born in in the bloodline of a king some people up there think they've got a lot For the things they love the most are not the things my father has demanded. Some people up there think they've got a lot, they're gonna look up someday, find their empty handed. For the things they love the most are not the things my father has demanded. I'm an heir to someone who will give me everything. King. Tell it like it is, show. Seth, why don't you give out a little information tonight about how to get a hold of us? All right. Well, we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West. Our next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. You're sure more than welcome. If you need a ride, give us a call at the church, 701-264-7862. Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock a.m., Sunday school. We have adult and children's Sunday schools. Uh, worship service on Sunday mornings is 11 o'clock a.m. If you'd like to email us, again, if you need a ride, give us a call at the church, 701-264-7862. Or you'd like to email us, uh, robertsimons58 at gmail.com is the email address there. And this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time every Sunday night. If you want to call in, if you have any more questions or comments, 701-225-5133. Or you can text us tonight, 701-290-7862. And if you're out of country, you can email us that same email address, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. You know, I didn't get a chance to get to all my texts tonight, but um, um, one text that I really want to just address here in the last few minutes, somebody texted me, looks like a local Dickinson number here. He said, is there a purpose for everyone? And I believe there is. I believe God does have a purpose. And I, I believe that really, turn that up just a little bit. I'm just, I, I believe that uh, our purpose uh, is it's, we need to find out what it is. God has a purpose for us, but you'll never find it out without seeking God and, and reaching out to God. You'll never, ever find out that purpose. And so God wants to, to show people his purpose in their lives. And I believe even, even if you've wrecked a lot of your life, that there is still a purpose. There is, God still has purpose for your life, something that can do, that you can do. There is, um, the greatest, um, Maybe the key figure of the New Testament, of course, outside of Jesus, is the Apostle Paul. And we read about a man named Ananias that God used to reach Paul, to see Paul baptized, to lay his hands on Paul, 
And I don't read anything else about him after that. But was that his purpose? Was that his reason to exist? And if it was, what an awesome reason. So tonight, we need, uh, we need to purpose what defines your life. Um, all, it, 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 uh, it needs to be loving God, worshiping God, loving others. You know, um, I've got, I've, I have a list of people here, uh, that, that just in front of me, just some names that wouldn't mean it. I'm not going to read them, but they wouldn't mean anything to most people. My wife would know them. But there are people that I know that have left God, sometimes for a spouse that isn't serving God. Sometimes they took a job that took them away from God. Sometimes um, there's just all kinds of these names. Just There's just names here that I've just jotted down that uh, a girl that helped was very instrumental in winning my wife and I to the Lord, walked away from God for a young man that wasn't living for God, and she married him. Selling yourselves too cheap. You know, I don't care. I've got a couple single men in the studio here, uh, Joe and Johnny. I don't care how good they're looking. You know, I don't care how good, how pretty they are. If they don't live for God, you know, you're missing the purpose of God to, to go out with a person like this and to date a person like this. You know, the mafia says every man has his price. And that may be true, but my price is the blood of Jesus. That's what was paid for me. That's my price. You know, um, just as I end this broadcast, I'm going to sing a little song. Somebody texted me and requested it, so I'm going to sing it tonight, and it'll go it'll go along with my my um, my um, topic tonight. But God is calling us out of this old, mundane, dead-end, materialistic world. And he's given us a purpose. I wrote this song years ago. It's my story. And uh, the word um, the word saints in the uh, Bible, in, in the original language, if you trace it, can be translated as the called out once. By the way, uh, Brother... Pastor, my pastor, Pastor Walter, is listening and He said, Benny DeMerchant's in his 70s, and he's got two books that you can read. One's called Full Throttle, and the other one is Still Flying Full Throttle. Okay. And I, and I could get you those books. I can get you in touch with my pastor. He can get you those books, too. But anyway, this is my story. I'm one of the called-out ones. I have a reason to live. And uh, this topic that I'm talking to you about tonight, this topic, this thinking is what brought me to Jesus many years ago, thinking that I'm going to live my life, I'm going to own my stereo shop, I'm going to sell my records and my marijuana pipes. That was my goal in life. I was going to own a record shop. You, you, some of you don't know what those were. Uh, they had they t- sold drug paraphernalia. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to own a head shop. That was my business. And you know what? But I thought, I'm just going to get old and die. I got a call one evening. Many ago from someone who I didn't know real well He asked if I was ready to come out from among them He told me he would save my soul from hell And I was called out called out to be holy Called out, called out of this world Called out, a new life lay before me I was called out to Him My life was full of sin When Jesus called me in He had a plan Wash those sins away Baptized in Jesus' name In the apostolic way His blood washed away each stain And I was called out Called out to be holy Called out 
this world called out A new life lay before me I was called out to him I'm going to cut that song short Lord Jesus tonight as we close our broadcast God we ask you to help God we want to be part of this calling out process God and tonight I pray for those that are listening that have been selling themselves way too cheap and not the purpose that you have for their life, that you'll touch them, that you'll work in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Pastor Bob signing off, 701-290-7862 is my cell phone number. If you want to live for God and you want to get in touch with our church, don't forget that number. Lord willing, next Sunday night we'll be back for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good night. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. 
The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.